Warning. The following presentation contains information that might contradict what you have previously heard, or believed to be true, about how the human body works, and contains material that is not suitable for closed-minded individuals. Enjoy! So thanks for uh, joining us today. We got uh, a little bit of a change in topics here. We're going to talk a little bit about some mental health issues. Uh, Richie's joining us again. Uh, thanks to her for hopping in and joining the, the conversation. Just so that uh, everybody's aware, we are talking about some mental health issues. We will bring you, bringing up some signs and symptoms of various issues. Please note that we are not your primary healthcare professional. And if you think that you have any of the issues that we are bringing up, please raise them with your own primary care physician or primary care provider. Okay. Yeah. So when we look at like the attention deficit issues, mm -hmm. the, the need to have that kind of lifestyle intervention becomes very important. And it becomes important because of the fact that we have this kind of neuroanatomical, neurophysiological uh, effect that the neurotransmitters have. Mm -hmm. And what the, what can happen with when we have the, the lifestyle intervention is it allows us to kind of rebalance that neurotransmitter and so that the neurophysiological neuroanatomical function mm -hmm. is, is proper, is, is normalized. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening, like, uh, so we had the, the three that are diagnostic attention mm -hmm. deficit, but what happens because of the way in which different manifestations come in, Mm -hmm. There is a small group of neuropsychologists mm -hmm. that basically said, well, it's not just three. There's really kind of these seven. Mm -hmm. And so like if you do like if you go to any of the Internet search engines and you type in like types of attention deficit issues. Yeah. Or if you go if you go and do the do I have attention deficit uh, ADD ADHD and do the internet tests mm. the they'll be like oh you, there's like oh there's like these like seven different types mm. and basically what ends up happening is that this these small group basically said okay instead of just having those three there's really seven and they basically broke it down into what they call classic which is inattentive hyperactive impulsive mm -hmm. and then you have then you have inattentive and that's you have problems with executive functions, organization planning, priority, uh, time management, self-monitoring stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you have this over-focused. And this is where you are hyper-focused on one thing and you kind of have difficulty going in between tasks. Yeah. And then they have this, what they call their temporal lobe, which is you are emotionally overreactive. Me my whole life. And, and you tend to have issues with um, moodiness. Uh, you can't have issues with memory and retention of, of information. Mm -hmm. And then they have this, they say what you have this, this limbic attention deficit, mm. which is you have problems with uh, self-esteem, problems mm -hmm. with uh, constant feelings of guilt. Mm -hmm. um, you have, um, you express excessive and unrealistic uh, threats. Mm. You have this, what they call their anxious attention deficit, which is basically you have um, 
you over uh, express symptoms of stress. So you have problems with headaches. You have problems with uh, gastrointestinal functions. Mm. You have uh, low self-esteem. You have problems sleeping. Mm. And then they have one that they call kind of the ring of fire, which is kind of like this, everything kind of lumps on together where you have excessive levels of anxiety, you have excessive levels of hyperactivity, you have um, impulsivity control, you have problems falling asleep, you have problems staying asleep, you're overreactive, you are quick to anger. And if you if you look at what is just listed out on those, those seven things, hmm. it's basically kind of breaking into, okay, if you look at the temporal lobe, the limbic, the ring of fire, anxious, that's hyperactive impulsive. Mm. If you look at the uh, inattentive over-focused, that's the predominant inattentive presentation. Mm. I definitely feel like I have all, have all of those. Mm-hmm. And oh. so, and so if, if you have attention deficit, if, if you have diagnosed attention deficit issues, you're going to fall into one of their seven categories. Mm-hmm. because it's kind of like very broad spectrum. And the reason why we tend to have these broad spectrums when it comes to the, to the neurological deficits mm-hmm. is because we don't have hard, hard fast areas mm. that we can say, okay, this is where the problem is, this is where the problem is, because it's very, the way in which the, the anatomy and the physiology of the brain functions is it's mm-hmm. very fluid. Mm. Uh, I like to use this example in terms of the, what the anatomy of the brain actually is. It's mm-hmm. not like what you see in, in the the TV medical shows. Yeah. And it's not like the models. Mm. It's like a very kind of semi-solid jello. Yeah, I felt one before. And it's very, right. it, yeah, it's, it's excessively soft. Uh-huh. It's excessively pliable. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a joke in a in a TV show where... Uh, they were joking about the hardness and the wetness of a brain. Mm. And what you want to have is you want to have a very wet brain. And the reason why I want to have a very wet brain is because you want to have these kind of fluid kind of connections forming, reforming, reshaping. And every time we get this new connection, this new reforming, the brain's going to change its shape a little bit. Mm, right, right. And so when we look at like areas of the brain that we see these attention deficit issues come into play, uh-huh. We we look at it in terms of areas that are associated with executive functions. Mm. And the things that are associated with executive executive functions are things like emotional control, movement control, memory, all of those factors mm. come into play when it comes into executive functions. Yeah. And executive functions are things that are predominantly going to be frontal cortex associated areas. And limbic system areas. Mm. And what's happening is that when we have areas that get damaged, mm-hmm. those areas that get damaged, we end up having some sort of attention deficit issue come out, which mm. is where when we talk about okay, what can cause attention deficit issues. Mm-hmm. One of the things that can cause attention deficit issues is uh, actual brain trauma. Oh. Concussions hmm. can cause attention deficit issues, right. along with along with a whole host of other neuroanatomical, neurophysiological, neurodegenerative oh. issues. Hmm. There's also uh, exposure t- uh, to toxins hmm. that can cause neuroanatomical 
issues to arise. Uh, exposure to heavy metals mm. can cause it. Um, exposure, uh, fetal exposure to to distinct chemicals. Once again, I'm, this is a non-diagnostic list of stuff. Yeah. And it's a non-etiological list of stuff. Well, I'm not saying this is what's causing issues. This is we know that there's an association between these these factors. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that because we cannot study attention deficit issues in animal models, mm-hmm. it's very hard, both ethically as well as empirically, to study root causes for the attention deficit issues to come about. Mm. And so we have all these associations, and there really are just associations between factors and having attention deficit issues. Uh-huh. And so, so exposure to heavy metals, exposure to um, to nicotine, exposure to to alcohol, exposure to um, stimulants during fetal development uh, mm. are associated with attention deficit issues. Okay. There is uh, an, an anecdote, anecdotal evidence mm-hmm. about uh, consumption of sugar mm-hmm. yeah. and hyperactivity. Mm-hmm. And this is where, and uh, we're recording this mid-September of 2023 in Halloween. And the fact that I'm not going to give my children candy at Halloween because I don't want them acting like wild animals. Yeah. Well, no, kids are acting like kids. All we're doing is associating the fact that they had a piece of candy with them acting like a kid. And so the association between sugar content and Mm -hmm. hyperactivity is not there. Mm -hmm. There is an association between children that have a diagnosed hyperactivity issue with wanting sugar. Yes. But that is more about metabolism than it is about sugar causing issues. Yes. There is a, an association between sugar consumption and gratification Dopamine spiking. Yes. So um we want that like food fixation, the sugar for a reward. Mm -hmm. And there's um or I've been told that a lot of people with ADHD also have like a binge eating disorder. Very easy. Yeah. Very, very easy. And once again, it goes into same thing with people with OCD. Mm-hmm. People with people with OCD, people with, with attention deficit issues, people who have dopamine yeah. issues mm-hmm. and or serotonin issues mm-hmm. have a increased relative risk for having eating disorders. Yeah. Binge eating, uh, anorexia, nervosa. Yeah. Um, reverse anorexia. Mm which is, um, those are kind of bidysmorphic issues. The reverse and reverse anorexic issues, uh, is more associated with male bodybuilders Mm. enters their bidysmorphia and the fact that I have to get bigger, bigger, bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where they'll, I I guess they call it dirty bulking. I think is the, the phrase that a lot of them use Yeah, where they will eat everything and anything they can get their hands on mm-hmm. in an attempt to bulk as big as they can bulk. Mm. As opposed to what everybody thinks about when they think about anorexia nervosa, which is I'm going to avoid food at all costs. Yeah. 
I've been, I'm going to develop an aversion to, to eating food. Yeah. And, so I, I've had both. And so what's up happening for, for binge eaters, for people with anorexia nervosa, uh, bulimics is slightly different in terms mm-hmm. of the neural, the neuroanatomical neurophysiological response that comes into that. That's more of a, a of a, a shame guilt mm-hmm. issue as opposed to a, a reward response issue. Right. For the anorexic, for the binge, if I have a dopamine issue, if I have a serotonin issue, I have an increased risk for having eating disorders that are associated with those two neurotransmitters. Yeah. And binge and anorexia are both associated with those two neurotransmitters. Yes. Now, when we get back to that, to the sugar issue yeah. within that, if, if I don't associate sugar with a pleasant reward response, I'm, going to, I'm not going to have that same response. I'm not going mm-hmm. to have that, that want for sugar. Mm-hmm. Because when we look at the, the binging, binging is in a lot of the, the, the sugar high. Mm-hmm. There is a link of, of sugar consumption, in particular fructose consumption. Yeah. Because it's because it's because of the sweet mm-hmm. to spiking of dopamine in the reward centers of the limbic system. The reward center, the reward centers within our brain. And when I get that pleasant feeling, when I get that reward response taking place, I'm gonna want to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna want to do it again, and I want to do it again. And if I have that impulsivity issue within my attention deficit. I'm going to have a higher likelihood of having that style of response to two distinct foods mm-hmm. or avoidance of foods. Mm, yeah. I, so, go ahead. In, in the past, um, I was very obsessed with wanting to be skinny, wanting to be skinny. And then, you know, I was very malnourished. So I ended up like binge eating because I'm freaking starving. Mm-hmm. And that was going on for a while. And then uh, two years later, I became obsessed with building muscle (laughs) and, you know, my body. And just there's there's a lot that really just goes into this whole. Like illness, mental Mm -hmm. illness. Yeah. Yeah. And so so when we look at like the 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 mental issues with the with the attention deficit uh, side of stuff. One of the, I, they, they claim it as a side effect, but it's not really a side effect. It's the actual effect of the medicine. The, mm-hmm. the dopamine receptor medicines mm-hmm. or the dopamine agonist medicines tend to impact hunger response. Mm. And that's because it goes back into what is actually regulating when I'm hungry, when I'm full. And two of the neurotransmitters that are there are dopamine and serotonin. Mm-hmm. And dopamine is triggering you need to eat response. Mm. But if I have, if if I'm giving dopamine in terms of rebalancing everything, mm-hmm. or if I'm interfering with dopamine in terms of rebalancing everything, one of the effects that comes out of that is I forget to eat. Me. Because I don't get that, because I don't have that neural the, the neurotransmitter signals. Yeah. correctly acting at the correct time mm-hmm. for me to eat yeah i even like i leave and i'm like oh my god i forgot to eat i didn't even bring my food like mm-hmm. how could i forget it and that's and it goes into uh that the whole lifestyle interventions yeah. is 
is have a plan and making a plan or making a checklist mm-hmm. but and so, of everything is. And so like, like, um, did you eat today? Did you, did you eat breakfast? Mm-hmm. And it goes into making a, doing a, a, uh, a planner for the day. Yeah. And one of the things that, um, colleague of mine gave to me and I kind of have adopted it is for all students is, okay, here's 24 hours in a day broken down into 20 minute segments. Oh, Where, when are you going to sleep? When okay. are you going to eat? Yes. When are you going to go to the gym? When are you going to, when you have class a, I know when your class with me is. So that's already on the schedule. Yeah. But where's everything else going to fit in mm-hmm. so that you have that, that schedule put together. Yes. I'm so very, that, so I'm, that you I'm become very, organized. Yes. And very structured. Um, I've became like, I'm eating at 12. That's the time mm-hmm. I eat. I'm going to the gym, like right after I eat, uh, I'm going to eat dinner at this time. And I already know my body knows, you know, I go to sleep at the same time every night, wake mm-hmm. up usually around the same time. And then when schedule changes like happen, it's hard to adapt. Like, I mean, not necessarily hard. It's stressful mm-hmm. to a certain extent, but then I'm easily able to like, okay, class this time I go home, I go straight to the gym and then yep. I need to eat do all the things mm-hmm. so yeah, having a structured life and like people say it's richie like you're running like a clock like you're just like clockwork and i'm like well it helps me mm-hmm. you know because um, like, like, like we we talked about your your punctuality mm-hmm. and it's something that goes into that that time management and the preparedness and the and the lateness and stuff like that. It's just like, well, if if you if you didn't have the the scheduled routine, mm-hmm. the punctuality would fall away, mm. and and lateness and tardiness would start to to kind of creep up. Right. And so so what's up happening is, and so I have the same. I do the same thing. It's like I have a schedule. It's just like it's like five o'clock of here it's six o'clock i'm here seven o'clock i'm here eight o'clock i'm doing this nine o'clock i'm doing this ten o'clock yeah. i'm doing this and it's and it doesn't and it doesn't vary mm-hmm. and it be, and it's it's just like it becomes it becomes routine yes and it's it can become so routine that you forget what day of the week it is mm. unless there's some variance in each day of the week there's also like times i'm very like there's no leniency mm-hmm people have a hard time with that. I'm like, no, I have to go to sleep. Like I can't be out. Yep. Like this is my routine. Yep. No, and I can't eat later than like 12, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah, one of like hard, hard to balance. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, uh, the movie gremlins mm. where you have a, you can't feed them after midnight. You can't get them white. You can't do this. You can't do that. Otherwise bad things happen. Uh huh. And, 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 and so when you, when you start setting up and once again, it goes into the, to the, to the lifestyle interventions, because the drugs are going to stop working at some point in time. Mm. And it's not just for attention deficit issues for almost mm-hmm. all neurophysiological, neuroanatomical deficits, mm-hmm. uh, OCD, mm-hmm. bipolar, mm-hmm. attention deficit hyperactivity disorders, uh, the meds will stop working after a while. Mm. Yep. And unless you happen to have started behavioral modifications, you're not going to be able to compensate correctly. And so 
one of the things that has recently come out in terms of treatments and treatment interventions, mm-hmm. particularly within the the young, early diagnosed attention deficits, mm-hmm. is lifestyle behavior modification before medicine. Oh, yes. Where you, you're taught compensations, you're taught um, accommodations. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you learn not necessarily how to live with the attention deficit issues, but to use the te- attention deficit issues to your benefit. Mm. And if I can use the attention deficit issues to my benefit, then I can slowly start to, and once again, I don't like using this word, but grow out of the mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. And this goes into the, the neuroanatomical differences between the attention deficit hyperactive brain of the adult mm-hmm. versus the child that grew out of it. Oh. And it has to deal with how much, how many layers of cortical cells there happen to be. Mm. And so you, during the, the early development, during early learning phases, school age, if I'm still growing neurons and pruning neurons and getting uh-huh. the correct layering of the, the cortex, uh-huh. Because the way in which the the brain functions anatomically is it functions kind of like a book where you basically have these pages Uh and each page is a layer of cells. And then those layers of cells are then connected to other layers of cells. And so that whole mass that we have in our brain is basically broken up into like seven or eight layers of cells. And then a whole bunch of connections and then seven, eight layers of cells and a whole bunch of connections and seven, eight layers of cells. And then every once in a while, we get these kind of clusters of cells, what we call nuclei or ganglions. And so when it happens in those nuclei and ganglions, instead of being layered, they're clustered. They're a group of, they're kind of a a clump of cells as opposed to layers of cells. And so what's happening is that if I can teach myself behavioral modifications as opposed to medicines, Mm -hmm. and I'm someone that can grow out of the attention deficit issues, then I never have to worry about having the neurotransmitter imbalance come up to play. Whether it's producing enough, having enough receptors, having upregulation of receptors or downregulation of receptors, having more receptors available or less receptors available is never going to be a, be a factor. But if I immediately start treating this with medicine, uh-huh. I never learn the compensation mechanisms. Right. I never learned the organization. I never learned, okay, I have attention deficit issues. It doesn't mean I work in a quiet environment because a quiet environment can be just as bad as, as a too noisy environment. Yeah. Because if it's, it's, it's painful for me to work in a quiet environment. Oh. Because all of a sudden I'll be trying to focus on something and then a thought will come in. Oh, uh, I see. And I can no longer attend to what I need to attend to because that thought. The rumination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm now thinking about that thought and I'm um, trying to figure out, okay, how can I solve that, <laughs> that problem that I've been thinking about? Whereas if I have white noise in the background, uh-huh. if I have music playing, mm. it allows me to focus on what I need to focus on and minimizes the distractions of the internal thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. 
but once again, I don't want to have it to, to being too boisterous of a, mm. of an environment. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot work in a, in a room where it's like 500 people all working at the same time. Oh yeah, me too. And I can't take tests in rooms with hundreds of students taking tests. Mm-hmm. Because either I'm going to rush through the test to be the first one out of there. So I don't think about why am I not the first one being done or every time someone goes into turning a test, I'm going to get distracted by mm-hmm. how that person get done so quickly. Yeah. What do they say that I didn't study? Oh, you're right. Yeah. And so, and, and so when you're, when you're people who have um, attention deficit issues, taking working in too quiet an environment can be just as bad as working in too loud of an environment mm. where people think, Oh, you have attention deficit issues. So I'm going to make sure that the room is completely sterile. Not realizing that this having a sterile room is just as bad as having a too distracted room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like everything quiet. Like even when driving, I'm like, no, I don't want to have music. It's mm-hmm. too overstimulating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just it's hard. <laughs> I mean, and, like, and, and that goes into the to the di- to the different types of attention deficit issues that that are there. Uh huh. And so, if you have impulse issues. Mm. If you if you have impulsivity, hyperactive mm. impulsivity, you don't want to have too much stimulus because you have that you have you're trying to regulate your impulses. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're you, whereas if you have inattentive issues, you want to have you want to have secondary stimulus there that doesn't distract you, but doesn't allow for internal distractions to come into play. Oh, so like like I can control my impulses. Mm-hmm. But I have attention deficit issues. Oh. Yeah. I'm not going, I'm not going to have, have, have hyper swings of stuff. However, I, I do have, I do, I do get anxious mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff where for me to, to be a little personal here, for me, I had to learn how to, how to do this behaviorally. Mm. Because of the fact that it was, once again, goes into the gen, gen, generational stuff. Mm, right. There is, there was a stigma. Yes. Behind attention. That's, and if you weren't the, if you weren't the student who was bouncing off a wall. Uh-huh. You were very, it was very unlikely that you would be, get diagnosed with, with attention deficit issues. Hmm. Because they, because the association was, is that you had to be hyperkinematic in order to be hyperactive. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's like, I couldn't, like people would actively take the TV remote away from me growing up because I would constantly just change the channel. Oh, because, for me, I would watch the same thing over and over. Yeah. But, but yeah. like, 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 unless, unless I was, unless the, the show piqued my interest uh-huh. and forget about it, like commercials. No, like, that was too much. Yeah. And so it's so like, like I could never have the remote mm. because even if like, it was like mid scene of a, t- of a TV show, mm-hmm. it would, the channel would be changed. And like uh, watching sports on TV, mm-hmm. like I don't like I'll have, I'll have sports on all the time here, but it's always in the background. Like I'm always doing something else. Mm-hmm. Where growing up, like I watched the, I like a, the game would be on and like, I'd be like playing out the sport as opposed to watching the sport. Mm-hmm. 
because it, like I would, there would be stuff that I would have to attend that, that I could not keep, that I could not keep my attention to. Right. Unless once again, it was super high, fast, constant. Uh, yeah. Action going on. Yes. Yeah, so for me, if I'm like watching a movie, I can't, it, I, I have to do something with my hands. I got to crochet um, or like draw anything. I, it's, I feel like ADHD has, has been in every nook and cranny of my life, mm-hmm. not just with like the main symptoms, but even the little ones that come with it, it's, it's hard, you know, thankfully I grew up with my parents, like teaching me organization skills mm-hmm. and cleanliness and neatness. Otherwise I wouldn't be like that today. Mm-hmm. And I've run on a structure my whole life. Like you're going to go to sleep at this time and we got to leave the house at this time. And I'm still like that, Yep. Uh, which is it's helped definitely. But, and I'm also like, I went to therapy for a while before getting introduced to meds mm-hmm. and meds have helped. Yes, but it definitely but, was a cure. Yeah. It's, it's not. So the, the meds, the meds are not a cure all. Mm-hmm for, for this. And once again, it goes back into the, to the lifestyle interventions and the need mm-hmm. to, to have, to have that change and that structure. And mm-hmm. the, the thing with most of the, of the, the neurological uh, deficits that mm-hmm. come, that come into play, the, some people, some people like to call them illnesses. It's not only an illness. It's uh, actually like the, the term that came out from the, from the ASD uh, branch of neurophysiological research the neurotypical versus the neuroatypical. Oh, okay, yeah. And so, so the neuroatypical person is someone who has like neurological, what we used to refer to as neurological deficits. Mm. The attention deficit, OCD, um, bipolar, autism, or autistic spectrum disorder, all of that neuroatypical stuff. Once again, because of the way in which the cerebral cortex, the way in which the brain functions, yes, everything that we do in our life mm-hmm. is linked to the areas within, particularly within the brain that's related to attention deficit issues. Mm. And so we're going to see it kind of manifest. So we talked about the fact that you have to exhibit at least six distinct cognitive, at least six distinct behavioral for six for six consecutive months in order to have a diagnosis. Yeah. And you could consume stuff. You can have environmental stimulus that may make you appear to be attention deficit issues for a week or two. Mm-hmm. But then it goes away. Or you may be under a whole bunch of stress from work or from school or from life. And you may exhibit some of the, the stress response attention deficit issues, but then it once again goes away. Mm. That's not attention deficit hyperactivity issues. Mm-hmm. The attention deficit hyperactivity issue, you have to have these things all the time. Yeah. And it's not going to be the same things for every person, mm-hmm. which is, which is why if someone says, Oh, I have ADD, but they don't have it. What they're doing is they're, they, as you, as you said earlier, you're kind of dismissing it. Yeah. They're dismissing it as if it's like not a real thing. Exactly. Or, and I, I've had this with some of the people that I've worked with in my educational career, 
where they get overwhelmed and uh-huh. they forget stuff and they go, oh, I have attention deficit issues. I must mm-hmm. have adult onset right. attention deficit issues. And, yeah. and it's just like, well, if you're a little bit more organized, you probably wouldn't have these issues. Mm. And these are people who like, like if you look at like my, my desktop screen, it's like mm-hmm. everything is in this distinct folder and the folders are, are, are titled and the files yeah. are titled. And if I have to do revamps on files, it's like version one, version two, version three, version four, version five. And, but people who say, oh, I'm, I'm have attention deficit issues. If you look at their desktop, mm-hmm. it's like nothing but files. And it's just like, no wonder you can't find anything. Or you, or you go to the, the, there's the, the old saying that the, um, you rather have a messy desk than an empty desk. Mm-hmm. But the, but if you go to the attention deficit person and you show them the, the messy desk, it's going to put them off. It's going to oh trigger God, yeah. them. Ex- yes. And so like, like, like for myself, it's like, like I'm not the neatest person. Uh-huh. But if I start seeing a mess, mm-hmm. I'm going to have, it's like, I'm going to clean it up. Oh my God, me too. I'll, I'll, ma- I'll like clean just because I'm like so irritated by it, mm-hmm. even though but, it's not mine, I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I can't have it here. But at the same time, I, I may forget to clean up some stuff. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and like, it may be like two or three weeks where, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'll see this mess. And it's just like, okay, everything's going to stop until this mess gets cleaned. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll have like a pile of stuff. And uh-huh. then all of a sudden it's just like, and a pile and a pile and a pile. And then I'll walk into my office and there's this pile. And it's like, okay, that's just that's, I can't find it. Yeah. I can't, I, I, I it's gotta go. Mm-hmm. I gotta clean this up. I gotta get rid of it. And so when we, when people belittle the attention deficit issues, when people mm-hmm. belittle the OCD issues, when people belittle the, the bipolar issues, when people belittle the, the, the autism spectrum issues, mm-hmm. it tends to be the, it tends to come from the fact that until recently it was not so societally acceptable to have these issues mm-hmm. and to be open with these issues. We've become more aware and more open to mental health over the last few years. Yeah. And it's, it's to, and it's to the betterment of all of us, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people see, particularly within the educational world, they see it as, Oh, you get this benefit for, from having attention deficit issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I don't get a benefit from it. Do you understand how hard, how hard it is for me to have to do what I do with the attention deficit issues? Uh, yes. I have, to, I have to spend so much mental energy. Yeah. Just walking out of the hallway, remembering what, what I'm supposed to be doing when I get to the end of the hallway. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to deal with people while I'm walking in the hallway. Because I'll forget what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's hard. And, and, and it, it, beca- it becomes hard. It becomes difficult. And, and it becomes, it becomes problematic with, with people who don't understand or appreciate. Exactly. The, the issues that are there. Yeah. And, it, and when you have people who belittle the condition because they choose, actively choose to do distinct behaviors that would mimic an attention deficit problem. Mm-hmm. Or because of the way in which we function within the society, have such short attention spans mm-hmm. that we are unable to have honest conversations about attention deficit hyperactivity disorders. Exactly. So the world just disregarding it 
and belittling it and to be a fad and trend, they just add to like the genuine pain and hardships of what we actually go through. And no one else will understand other than a person who also has it. Or a person who is who is sympathetic or empathetic to yeah. the plight. Yeah. And that's where, um, once again, it goes into the openness that people have and the, and the fact that you, you can be an ally mm-hmm. without being that within that group. Mm-hmm. And it goes into conversations that we've had and then I'm hoping to have a, a deeper conversation with re- regarding some of the uh, uh, sexuality gender issues uh-huh. that because people don't understand people belittle. Yeah. And it goes in. So we talked about like attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder stuff, mm-hmm. but there's other things out there. Yeah. There's other cognitive issues out there. There's other uh neuroatypical behaviors out there that people belittle people uh denigrate right and you you mentioned that people will tell you oh you get benefit from it like meaning some people just use it as an excuse Mm -hmm. for their actions and you know that that's not okay they're not typically or when people tell you that there is benefit from that it's really like, no, I'm, I really have this and it's, and I'm having a hard time. I'm not trying to use it as an, as an excuse, but other people would use it as an excuse. Exactly. There's there's a fine line between that. Yep. Well, thanks for sharing with us and hopefully everybody got something out of this today. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you got some uh, insight into attention deficit and hyperactivity disorders and some of the causes that uh, might bring it about, as well as some of the issues related to the uh, social stigmas or social acceptances that take place around neuro and neurological issues. If you like what we're putting out, please make sure that you go ahead and uh, subscribe to the publications that we're doing. Please make sure you like If you also enjoy what we're putting out there, it helps us out with all the algorithms.